we're fully Asian, we're fully American, 100% both, but our citizenship is not here, right? It's really not, it's really, you know what? The world can reject us, our country can reject us, but our Father in heaven, that, that's, that's who's welcoming us home. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another edition of The Link. If you're a Woodside family member, so grateful that you've tuned in today for this important conversation. And if you're a guest, just know you are always welcome here on The Link. Today, we get a chance to talk about a very important topic. Those of you who have been following our show know that our heart is to talk about the things that you're talking about across your dinner table, on social media, but from a distinctly Christian worldview perspective. One of the big conversations of late in our country and in our culture has been around our brothers and sisters here in America who are from Asian descent. Uh, a recent study of 16 major cities has revealed that there has been a 150% increase in uh, violent crimes against uh, Asian Americans in our country. And this should be something that grieves all of our hearts and it should be something that the gospel speaks to. And so I thought it would be important for us to have this conversation for two reasons. Uh, number one, so that we can affirm uh, the power of the gospel to reconcile us one to another. If you believe the gospel like me, you believe that Jesus Christ reconciles us first to the Father and then to one another in Christ within the church across cultural barriers of distinction. And I praise God for that, and we need to be reminded of that. Uh, but secondly, I think it's important for us to think deeply about how do we bear witness uh, to our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends uh, of the power of the gospel to speak to areas of pain and hurt in our culture. As always, I've invited a couple of friends along, and I'm so excited uh, to have them with me. First to my left is Bo Chang. Uh, Bo is uh, a leader here in our church uh, on our finance committee. You served on our uh, foundation board, you served, but also an entrepreneur and uh, a business leader as well. I appreciate you joining us, Bo. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, and then Jonathan Kwan, a familiar face to those of you at the Royal Oak Campus. He's uh, our executive pastor there at our Royal Oak Campus, but uh, just an important leader who speaks in so many areas of our church. So appreciate you and Michelle and all that you've meant to us. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Hey, thanks for having me. And you're the best looking man on set right now. He I want you to know that. <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous. You know, I, I didn't get it. the memo. You know what? <laughs> I can go and change right now. Uh, but I just want you guys to know that I recognize that on one hand, this is a sensitive conversation. On the other hand, it's one that's important for us to have. Uh, I said to you even before we begin to record that uh, when you are an ethnic minority, uh, race and ethnicity is something that you often don't want to talk about, uh, but you find yourself uh, talking about it in as much as a Christian, it brings value to our witness. So I do want to talk about it with you guys, and I appreciate you being willing to. Uh, let's start with a question for both of you. Maybe, Bo, you can start, and Jonathan, you can add. How has this season been for you? And when I reference the uptick in um, discrimination, violence, abuse against uh, Americans of Asian descent, how have you guys experienced that, maybe even on a personal level? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that question, Chris. I mean, it's, it's a very uh, complex and obviously very emotional issue. Uh, you know, probably not just for myself, but uh, for, for others around me. Uh, and I would say, you know, really kind of started with the COVID uh, crisis we had last year. Um, and obviously there was words utilized uh, in that process to, you know, kind of, I would, I would say incite hate, um, but they started to kind of associate different stereotypes around the virus. 
And so as, as we kind of fast forward to today and some of the events that's happened across the nation, uh, I think one, it's, it's, it's a little bit of kind of a, in, in a weird way to kind of say like a relief uh, in the sense that I kind of feel that, that the challenges that we've been facing as the AAPI community start to be recognized uh, more on a national level. Uh, and, I, and I think some of those interesting uh, issues related to that, it kind of made me really kind of reflect uh, my experiences uh, in the past uh, and what that really meant uh, for me. And so, you know, through a lot of prayer and just understanding at, at this moment uh, in time that we're experiencing a lot of hate, you know, not, not just within the AAPI community, but other communities as well, how do we really try to bring love and, and, and just that solidarity as, as a Christian yes. faith together? So it, it's, it's been emotional, uh, kind of a roller coaster in the process, yes. but I think this is a really great opportunity uh, you know, for me personally to kind of you know, stand up, speak out, and, and maybe bear witness to love and unity uh, that I think Christ has shown in, in myself personally. Yeah, before I go to Jonathan real quickly, you've used this acronym AAPI a yeah. couple times, yeah. which I think is valuable. It's important for us to be able to know even the diversity within the community. So can you explain for those who don't know what AAPS yeah, stands so for? Yeah, so AAPS stands for Asian American and Pacific Islander. Yeah. Uh, relatively a, a newer term to kind of uh, encompass the, the broader uh, Asian ethnic group. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's there's more than just you know, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, some of the what we'll call it, you know, the, the more common on Asian ethnicities. But uh, yeah, the kind of broader uh, a group yeah. of the Asian American yeah. and Pacific Islanders. Yeah, Jonathan? Yeah, no, this season, it's been very emotional, especially when you see the news about who's being attacked, right? It's, it's news about the elderly, people who have immigrated here recently, and, you know, it's, my parents are that age, you know? And it's like, wow, that could have been them on the subway, that could have been them on the street, just, you know, going about their business, and all of a sudden, this unprovoked attack. Um, but, you know, that, that's just a part. That's what caught the, the nationwide attention, but, you know, what doesn't get said is the muted... Um, the microaggressions, you, you would say, it's these underhanded things that really mess with, you know, people's psyches. It's like, well, you know, my immigrant parents are doing something to, to make a living for themselves, and they're being attacked. Well, this is that stereotype. They're, they're that perpetual foreigner, but, you know, they've been here 40, 50 years now, and you're just like, still, you're still a foreigner? No, you're, you're as American as I am, right? You, you weren't born here, but you speak it, you breathe it, you eat it, right? This is your culture. This is your country. Um, and so, you know, definitely there, there's been a lot of that um, just emotion running because you feel for these people, you feel like, hey, they, they could have easily been your parents, right? And, and so, you know, it cuts to the core, really. Yeah, I do feel like um, it's interesting just uh, not being in the AAPI community. Um, it feels like uh, there is something unique about this moment that may be different. Uh, than other historical moments, because obviously sin is sin. It's not like um, hate crimes or discrimination just showed up. Uh, but there seems to be something acute about this moment. And when you read statistics like 150% uptick, uh, for those of us who respect uh, what our law enforcement agencies do, for them, those law enforcement agencies to tell us this, we have to uh, pause and say something is happening here that needs to be addressed. And I agree with you, Jonathan, in that it is heartbreaking when you see the elderly and I have to add women. Yeah. Uh, I saw a video not too long ago of an African-American man in New York who kicks a woman down in the street and just begins to kick her uh, as people watch just on look and don't intervene. And it's sickening, it's heartbreaking, 
um, but it's a reflection of the sinfulness of our culture. Uh, as you talk about kind of the emotion, the pain, um, how is the gospel ministered, uh, Jonathan, to your heart? And, and maybe, Bo, you can answer this as well. How does the gospel minister to your heart in these wounds? Oh, yeah. So, you know, in, in speaking with a lot of Asian Americans who are believers, um, and myself included, it's we really look and cling to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, right? When, when Jesus came, he, he came, you know, he he lowered himself, right? He, he was God. He, he was in, in communion with God in heaven, and he comes down, and he's rejected by his own people, right? And, and that's how a lot of Asian American Christians feel right now. Um, myself included, they're being rejected. Hey, your stories of racism, your stories of this violence, it's not really happening. This is the first we heard of it. This is isolated incidents. Um, but when we look to Jesus, right, he, he's rejected by the Jewish people. Um, he, he dies. He dies for them. He dies. Um, and despite that, he, he continues. He continues. And that's where really the hope is, right? It's knowing that, hey, yeah, we're, we're American. We're, we're fully Asian. We're fully American, 100% both. But our citizenship is not here. Right. It's really not. It's really, you know what? The world can reject us. Our country can reject us. But our father in heaven, that that's that's who's welcoming us home. Right. That that's our hope. That's that's how the gospel gives me hope. It's how, you know, we share the gospel because these are real anxieties, because now people, you know, you talk about, you know, 150 percent rise. It's thirty eight hundred victims this year alone since the, the pandemic started. Um, that's anxiety given, right? That, that's, there's not enough minorities, there's not enough enclaves of Asian Americans where you can hide in the shadows anymore. There's just more of it and they're more dispersed. And we see more of it in social media because guess what? Every phone, that's a news outlet. And you know, it's more and more. And I think that's pretty important to, to understand about this moment historically. Um, people are not staying silent because it's just everywhere now. And you see it and it keeps getting added on and on and on. And it just, it continues to elevate the anxiety with people. But that hope in Jesus Christ, he was an outsider, but his hope was returning to the Father in heaven. Yeah. So it's interesting that uh, you bring up the anxiety because I think that this generation is dealing with anxieties. And one of the big questions is where do I go with those anxieties? And praise God that you continue to, uh, the gospel continues to point us to Christ, that we can bring uh, those anxieties to him and to lay those things at, at his feet. Uh, Bo, um, you know, obviously you've had to process through all this as a Christian man, even though you spend much of your time in the marketplace. But how has the gospel ministered to your heart in, uh, in all of this? Yeah, and, in, in, you know, I, I think for me personally, just, just being constantly reminded that for us, for everybody here, all, all of us, that we are made in the image and likeness of God. Right. And so so when I think about that and I think what Christ did on the cross for me personally, you know, he's he's doing it for everybody. And, and the hate that, you know, we're experiencing as a community, you know, Jesus has experienced that. Uh, and and he's and he's died for us. So so personally, I I find a lot of hope because because that is really where the answer is. And as we as I think and reflect about solutions towards hate, obviously, we have to speak out against hate. Um, but I, but I think the solutions around love and unity, and, and really, I believe that the Christian faith is the one that really brings unity for for everybody, right? Um, and so, for me, person, that's that's very encouraging uh, in that process. That I think that, uh, you know, I believe that God and Jesus can bring healing uh, into our community. And as just us sitting right here talking about this, I think is, is a testament of that. Um, so, so I'm, I'm very, very encouraged uh, by that. And. 
And I'm also encouraged that maybe this is a time uh, in a place that we have an opportunity to actually witness out with love uh, and instead of creating more division in, in the process, um, we'll love to create more unity and love in the process. Yeah, well, first off, I appreciate you uh, just commending uh, the church and the Christian faith as being the place where that healing is experienced. And I want to commend our Woodside family because I think our Woodside family has excelled at welcome. Uh, none of us get everything right, but I do think that one of the things that's beautiful about Woodside is our uh, passion to welcome in uh, people from all over the world, literally at our church. I've experienced that. You guys have as well. Um, but I do believe that as we, uh, we talk about these things, the difficult tension here, and maybe you guys can speak to this, is on the one hand wanting to highlight what's going on, on the other hand not wanting to claim victim status, right? Like this, this tension in acknowledging that this is real, because there will be some who will deny the reality of this and just simply say, well, this is uh, some political ploy used to just to, uh, to divide. Uh, so on the one hand, I think it's important that we affirm that it's real without, uh, again, allowing anything in our culture to put us in, a, in the role of a, of a victim. What do you guys think about that? I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, when we look at what we're called to do with our faith, it's to use it. Right, that that was you know Matthew twenty five final judgment. He's, that's how he's measuring whether you have faith, right? Whether you used your faith and did something about for the least of these, um, and that's exactly what we're called to do as a church and say, hey, you know what? That this is real. I saw something. I witnessed something. I'm going to speak up, and it may not be broad scale, right? And I think you know we we have to really understand that our action or our defense or our speaking up might not result in you know, the stratospheric change that we expect in society, but for one person, that, that's bringing the gospel home. You, you brought gospel love to somebody. Um, you brought them hope, you relieved their anxiety. That's, that's a win, right? And that starts to snowball, and that's what you know, we're called to do as a church, as Christians, right? as Christ followers. So this is beautiful. Let me, let, because you kind of took us to a place where I want to go, and that is um, how do we, in, in this moment, uh, bear more faithful witness to our neighbors who are in the AAPI community. Um, what would you say, Bo, are maybe a couple things we can think of and how we can uh, more faithfully uh, reach and witness them? Yeah, so that's a really great point. And I, and I loved how you said in the beginning that at Woodside, it's, it is a very welcoming church and it's really a, a welcoming body of people. Yes. Uh, I mean, personally, I've, I've never... Uh, felt anything but love uh, coming to Woodside with, with you know, obviously with you as a pastor, with new friends that I'm meeting today. Uh, so it's it's really exciting because, and in, in we don't really have an opportunity to show that within the AAPI community per se. Mm -hmm. And I think there's opportunities there to do more outreach. Um, obviously, I think I think some practical, uh, immediate opportunities is related to just kind of the non-English speakers, right? Um, so for me, you know, I, I still speak Mandarin fluently. Um, I would love to utilize, you know, that that gift for whatever I have left of that to then do outreach into these communities, uh, especially the immigrant population that don't know Christ, have never really heard the gospel maybe in their native language. Mm -hmm. So I think there's opportunities because we are such a diverse church. We have a diverse amount of resources that we can provide, um, you know, and, and to offer that solution out into these communities. And I'd love to do a call out to, hey, all, all the different uh, speakers of different languages within AAPI community. And, and which of our neighbors can we go out and specifically reach out to? 
And really around this area, we're seeing a, a major growth uh, within the AAPI community. And so I think the, the natural growth of that uh, allows and gives us the opportunity to, to do that outreach. Um, but I think specifically, uh, a lot of these immigrants that are coming to the United States, like I mentioned, they probably haven't heard the gospel before. They probably haven't really felt love before. Uh, you know, a lot of them are, are escaping, I would say, countries and, and organizations where they typically don't trust um, big or, organized uh, groups yeah, and religions. Yeah. So I think to come to the U.S. with that paradigm shift, I, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to really showcase the love of Christ. And, and I think some of that is just meeting really basic needs, right? Um, and, you know, we're talking about health needs uh, related now to the vaccine and educational needs. Um, and so I, I think we have a lot of resources to meet basic needs and use that opportunity to uh, really be uh, in spreading out the gospel. I think that's great. Jonathan, anything you would say yeah. as well? Yeah, I'd like to add just from the church perspective um, at, at Woodside, and you said this before, we, we want to be men, right? You know, we're of Asian American descent, but we just want to be men, go about our lives. We don't want to talk yeah. about race. But one thing we, we forget to do is lament, right? As a church, as, as people of of Jesus, we think, you know, we have this victory in Christ, yes, but we need to lament with our brothers and sisters who are suffering, and we need to do it well, because it's from that lamenting where we can go, hey, you know what, God, heal this nation, heal us, heal our hearts, heal our broken hearts, and that's going to really change the tides, that's what's going to bring, you know, this radical reconciliation of the races, right, it's Jesus Christ, and that begins with us lamenting and saying, hey, you're hurt, you're pain, I might not completely understand, but I'm going to wail and cry and Listen and, you know, pray, pray until Jesus does something, until God, you know, sends somebody to do something. And we're going to move to that beat. And that's, that's one of the important things that we can do as a church, right, as a big community church. And, you know, with people with influence, that's power right there. You know, I think about uh, Paul's admonishment to the Romans that we are to mourn with those who mourn. And I think that this is uh, one expression of that when you talk about a lament. It's so easy for us to insulate or detach ourselves from the sufferings of others. Uh, to simply say, um, that's just another news report or that's not my problem. Uh, but when you think about um, what we just celebrated in Easter, when you think about uh, Passion Week and all that that represents, that word passion comes from the Latin word passio, which means suffering. And so Jesus enters into our suffering. And uh, we're called to enter into, not just simply observe from a distance, uh, the sufferings of others, but not just to stay there, but to point towards redemption and hope, and that's found in Christ. Um, anything that you would want the church to know, uh, not just ours, but the body of Christ broadly, about how we can uh, create more uh, welcome and, um, and, and a safe place uh, for our brothers and sisters who would come to worship with us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're kind of doing it every single day uh, yeah. with the church. Um, and when we talk about hate, I mean, it, it, it transcends human nature, right? It's, yes. it's in, and we, so we just started looking at hate. It's, it's really a human condition um, problem. Um, but, you know, just I would say some media things uh, around that. Um, and for me, it's kind of like kind of a personal accountability is um, I should definitely, you know, do more outreach uh, into AAPI community and, and really share my faith and a love with that. And I think from just an action perspective, I mean, we're, we're you know, during COVID, a ton of outreach to communities. And I think the ability to outreach broadly um, into different crevices of the community that may not normally hear um, from social media or, or hear from traditional sources like, like the elderly folks, right, that can't speak English and et cetera. I think 
some of those active um, outreach to welcome them, welcome them into the community will be amazing because there's really no, nowhere else for, the, for them to go. And I think really at the, at the church, I mean, you know, during this COVID crisis, I think we've still done a really a great job of setting up neighborhood groups and trying to get people yeah. together. I think there's an opportunity to do more of that, and I think there's more opportunity to do, that, to do more of that in a missional basis uh, if we can, you know, attack it from a, you know, health-related, just kind of meeting basic needs, which, which obviously Jesus was trying to meet, uh, but then to use that opportunity to share that gospel, right, to share, you know, what, what it looks like to believe in Jesus and, and to walk and make disciples. So I, I'm, I'm really encouraged with what we have and also encouraged with, with opportunities uh, to expand that. Yeah, I love how practical that is. Jonathan, I should mention, uh, helps to provide leadership for our life groups. So <laughs> when you talked about life groups, I thought immediately about how that becomes such a vital uh, vehicle uh, for us to be able to meet the needs of our neighbors because it's right there in your community. Uh, sometimes we don't need a big program. Sometimes we just need to be able to look across the street or, or next door. Uh, Jonathan, yeah. anything you I mean, add to that? I love what you said, Bo, about being missional about it, right? I mean, you know, the church, we can't sit here and be complicit with our silence, right? Yeah. This is, you know, what you've been saying all along, Pastor Chris, right? That we, we need to be speaking up, saying something, um, doing something, living out our faith. This is exactly what we're talking about. The, that's how practical we need to be. When we're that practical, when we're actually speaking up, when we see injustice, when we're saying, hey, you know, welcome. Uh, we're going to welcome you home. Whether or not you feel like you belong, we're going to try our best to welcome you. That changes the paradigm entirely. That says, well, I'm now going from outsider to I'm in, right? And that's exactly what Jesus Christ does for us. Um, and when we remember that and when we intentionally act that way, um, you know, people will open up their lives also, right? They're, they're going to open up their hearts, but they're going to celebrate their joys. And that's, that's what we want to be doing as a church. Yeah. I was recently with a leader who's 91 years young and has kind of walked out their faith in a beautiful way. And they said to me, and I'll never forget these words, that listening is the first act of love. Uh, that just being able to listen uh, to diverse voices is an act of love and dignity. And so I'm grateful for you listening to this conversation because it's really, really important. I would add, if I could, just one additional thing to what you brothers have shared, and that is if you are in a community that's not a part of the AAPI, uh, community that you would challenge those who would voice hate or discrimination or uh, uh, biases or stereotypes. You know, again, I grew up uh, in um, one of the ugliest eras of, of, of racial tension between African Americans and the Asian community. Uh, many of you will remember the um, uh, Rodney King incident, and that just kind of brought a lot of tension in a lot of our urban areas. And, uh, and so I've seen it even in my community. And so it's something that we can't, as Jonathan said, be complicit to with our silence. Wherever we see it, we have to challenge it. And so I pray that we would also uh, uh, do that as well. Uh, I appreciate you both. And uh, I'm grateful for uh, the beginning of this conversation because I know there's a lot more that we can say. Um, we're gonna be asking Jonathan and Bo to give us resources as well that will go into the postscript as always, because we wanna grow in this so that we might be able to, again, bear more faithful witness, both within the church and to our neighbors, our friends, and our network. Uh, Jonathan, would you mind closing us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing us to have just this real conversation, the, this conversation about you know, the, the hurts and the pains, but really the, the practical things that we can do in faith. Father, I ask that you 
Just give us the boldness because, God, that's what we need in the 21st century, not to worry about what people will think of us, not to worry about how we might be retaliated against, but how, God, we've been accepted by you, your son, and that we're heirs. And because of that, we have power. We have this power that just is uncontrollable, and it's the source of where we have our hope and our joy. Lord, give us peace. Bring reconciliation. Bring healing. Bring healing to those who are misunderstood, to those who are victims, but those who just want to continue on um, with hatred. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to just talk and to pray. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, I appreciate you, brothers, and I also thank you for watching this edition of The Link, the beginning of what needs to be an ongoing conversation about how we create welcome and safe places of worship for all of uh, our brothers and sisters and how we can more faithfully reach our community. So please make sure you stay connected to us. Check out the resources that are linked in our postscript. And most of all, make sure you're intentional. You're, you're putting your faith into action. Maybe take some of the ideas that were shared, go back to your life group and say, how, how can we begin to do this right now? Well, I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, can't wait to see you on the next edition of The Link.